Welcome. It's good to see everybody here this morning. I'm up here early because we are going to do communion. So we will look into the Word of God, and after we look into the Word of God, uh, we will um, celebrate um, the message through communion as we share together. So we're on an eight-week series called The Searching Heart. Uh, the concept of the searching heart is that our heart always moves towards something, and there's something universal about our heart um, of things that they move towards. In other words, our heart is always looking for an identity. Um, whether we believe in God or not, our heart wants an identity. Therefore, we'll find it in something. If we don't want nothing to do with God, we'll find an identity in something. It's completely and entirely unacceptable uh, to live through this life without being a somebody, whether you even believe that you were created from nothing and going to nothing. You just, you just can't accept not being a somebody. You've got to be a somebody. That's what our heart cries out for. Our heart is crying for that identity. The second week we talked about love, completely universal. I desire love, but I can look across the room and say, every single one of you desire love with complete confidence. And I'm correct because we all want love. I can go to another nation. We all want love. We desire love. And when love is taken away or we don't feel it, then it even messes us up. It's something that our heart is, is crying for. Last week, we ventured out on something else called pleasure. Our heart is desiring pleasure. Um, are we wrong? Absolutely can't be wrong. We all desire that pleasure. But what we're looking for is, if our heart is all desiring something, maybe God put something in our heart that is drawing it somewhere. I desire love, I desire identity, I desire pleasure. It was put in me and it was put in you for a reason and for a purpose. So we're exploring, what is the reason, what is the purpose, and what am I supposed to find with that desire? That's why we're looking into the Word of God, because all the answers are specifically found in the Word of God of this heart that is searching for different answers. Today we're going to talk about strength and security. Number one, our heart searches for strength and or security. I put those two words together because in some people's mind it's like, you know, I want to be strong. I want to be I want to venture out into the world and I want to conquer, I want to accomplish, I want to do, I want to build, I want to create and there's just this drive in people for this this strength that they're looking for. But what does that have to do with security? Some people want to be the strength, do the strength, and some people want to lean on the strength. There's all every single one of us have this thing that we want to be strong, but there's two different ends of I want to drive the strength, or you could be a person that says, I want to lean on the strength, and that would be necessarily security. So they do work together, strength and security. So how do you get strength and security? There's one passage in the Bible that just gives us a download of how to get strength and security. And as we look at this one passage, yes, the whole Bible feeds off this passage. In fact, it's a first chapter in the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms feeds off this passage as well. But as we look at this passage, just this one passage, you will see the foundation of strength and how to get strength. So let's read the passage and let's figure out the foundation of strength and then how to get strength. Psalms 1, 1 through 6, it'd be the entire chapter. Blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaves do not wither. Whatever he does, he prospers. Not so with the wicked. They're like chaff 
that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So just to start out by looking at this verse, and I will tell you I'm not going to go from the top to the bottom. I'm actually going to start from the bottom, then hit the middle, and then end up at the top. So just as we're traveling through this verse, um, trying to understand what it says. So there's two kinds of people that this verse mentions of. The first kind of person, a person who has roots, and another person is a person that is shaft. So let's look at the person who has roots. What is roots? Number two, a life with roots is a life that is strong, secure, stable, protected, not ruined by storms, are knocked over by the wind, but confined. We all understand what roots are. Roots are, I'm just going to show a picture right here. Roots are a tree, a system that anchors into something to find life, to find strength, to find nutrients, to find stability. Here's a tree right here. You'll notice that, yeah, the tree is large, the tree is strong, but there's a reason why the tree is large, the tree is strong. It's because there's a foundation that's underneath that you do not see that is feeding its strength, that is feeding its power, that is making it strong. How strong? Well, when storms come, it all depends on how strong that root base is. Because if the root base is not strong, the tree's going to go over if the winds are heavy. But when we talk about a life of roots, and we want to be strong, what are we talking about? We're talking about we need to anchor into something. And that's where we find our strength. We must anchor into something, and that is what provides us with strength. Psalms 1, 1, 3 says, He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaves do not wither. Being anchored into something gives you strong, secure, stable, protected, not ruined by the storms, not overcome by wind, but it is confined. So if you're looking for the heartbeat of strength, it is rootedness is the heartbeat of strength. Let me just give you an example what I mean by anchored into something. I perform a lot of weddings, and when I perform weddings, we do the thing that calls vows. I, yeah, I know you guys have all been, a lot of you have been married. You, you go through the vows. And, and what are the vows? The vows are saying, I am going to anchor into something besides myself. I'm going to anchor into the family unit. So what you do is you stand up in front of your family and friends, and all that said, stand in front of your family and friends, and you start making these statements that are non-negotiables. And making these statements that are non-negotiables are what? Are tying, using the same phrases, tying the knot into another unit besides just standing alone. So let's look at some of these. In the presence of God and family and friends, I solemnly vow to be a faithful partner. Well, if you look at this, what are you doing? You are building strength for the family, but you're, you're sacrificing what? You're sacrificing your freedom. It's not just you standing up anymore. All of a sudden, it is you building the family beyond you. I will be a faithful partner. That's what I will do. In sickness and health, in good times and bad, in joy as well as sorrow, you are saying, these are my non-negotiables in front of everybody. And then you continue. I promise to love you unconditionally, to support you in your goals to honor and respect you, to laugh with you, cry with you, to cherish you as long as we both shall live. Why are these statements made? 
The reason why those statements are made is because you are starting to ground yourself because as soon as you get married, the second you get married, everything happens easily. There's no more complications in life. There's multi- you guys should be laughing at me. You never argue. You come together. Everything is wonderful. Absolutely everything is wonderful. No, you're actually getting ready for a storm. <laughs> I mean, let's just be biblical. Let's just be honest. You are standing up there performing, going through a wedding to get ready for a storm. Two people that are coming together, that are going to be connected together, that are going to raise children together, but in this storm, what do you want? You want to be a rock. You want to have strength. I mean, I remember when my children would cry all night. I tell you, my wife and I, we would lay in bed and I'd, we made a deal that, you know, whatever we say in the middle of the night, we can't hold against each other in the morning because it was difficult. We had to have roots. We had to have commitments. We have to be grounded into something, and that's what the vows are for. These are our non-negotiables, so we'll be able to even survive life. That's where we find our strength, is not in our independence, but is in our rootedness. Roots confine for the purpose of giving you strength, for the purpose of giving you power, for the purpose of giving the unit um, 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 strength and power. Number three, there's another person that talks about a life of chaff. A life of chaff is a life blown about by public opinion, sudden impulses, personal desires, and is not confined. What is chaff? You ever seen a tumbleweed that just flies with the wind? I tell you, it can go fast. But you know what? It's not anchored into anything. And it is controlled by what? It is controlled by the wind. If the wind is blowing fast, it goes fast. If the wind is blowing slow, it, does, it, goes, it goes slow. Wherever the wind goes, it travels. So when you start talking about a life, a life of chaff, which is the winnowing of a corn or a seed, the, the wind just takes it completely away, and then you have the seed as the unit. That's what chaff is. When you look at a life of chaff, it is a life of, I would say, freedom. A life of independence. A life of self-absorbance. A life of, I'm not grounded to anything. Doesn't that sound like fun? And what happens is that we start singing songs about it. We start watching movies on it. The world completely feeds us this life of freedom. Here's a song. Go where you want to go. Do what you want to do with whom you ever want to do it with. That sounds like a rooted person, doesn't it? (laughs) No, that's not a, a rooted person. That is, take your desires and put them wherever your desires are. Take your impulses and put them where your impulses are, your personal desires. Put them wherever you want. This is the way that we should live. But how do you hold a family unit together like that? How do you hold a relationship like that? I mean, let's, let's go ahead and say the vows. My wife and I are going to get married because I don't want to put it on anybody else. All right, I commit to do what I want to do with whomever I want to do it with. Besides, you, we're going to commit to our desires to see it doesn't make any sense. We're not anchoring ourselves. We're not rooting ourselves. We're not confining. Um, we're not um, confining ourselves. We're not building non-negotiables in our life. We live in a world of relativism. Many people say, well, we've got to be free. Everybody's free to make their own decision. What is relativism? It basically means where do you find, you decide what is right or good within yourself. Does that sound rooted? 
Well, it does. It travels right there to the bottom of my feet. You find what is right and good within yourself. But what happens when the storms come? What happens when the arguments come? What happens when the world comes? What happens when trials come? What happens when the marriage that you dreamed about is not the marriage that you dreamed about? See, what happens is that you just get tossed back and forth with the emotions. Psalms 1, 1 says, They are like chaff that the wind blows, not only blows, but literally blows them away. Blows them away. What do you mean blows away? Blows away means that when you get to the end of your life, you look back and say, I was just blown away. I was just no substance in my life. I have nothing that I can look back and say, I was this strength. I was this power. I accomplished something great. I did something great because I just went from end to end to end. Those are the two things, that the, uh, two kind of people that this verse talks about. Let's look at this life of rootedness, how to be strong and secure, switch directions and say, okay, I don't want to be a life of chaff. I do not want to be floating with my desires, my directions. I want to be a life of substance. How do I get rooted in? So let's look at the passage, look at exactly what the passage says. Number four, to be strong and secure, which rooted would be committed to non-negotiables in the word of God and know them. Non-negotiables. What is a non-negotiable? I will not do this. I commit to this. A non-negotiable is confining you for the purpose of strength. So I'm looking at this passage. It's saying, be rooted into the Word of God. I will meditate on the Word of God day and night. Remember, a strong person can only be connected into something, can only be rooted into something. The psalmist is looking at this passage, or uh, writing it down, that if you're going to be connected into something, this is what you need to be connected into. God gave us his word and the non-negotiables in it for the, sake of being, for the sake of allowing us to be the strongest, most powerful, secure individual that the world will ever know. Because if you take the, world, take the word and you put it completely in your system, you'll be somebody so strong that death will not even be able to kill you. How, how can you say that? Death will not even be able to kill you? Yeah, you're anchored into the Word of God. And inside the Word of God, even death, as it takes place, it's not the end of you. It's actually the beginning of an amazing eternity with God. Suffering will not ruin you. How could you say that suffering will not ruin you if I'm anchored into the Word of God? Because you're living for a purpose. And even inside the purpose or the suffering, there is purpose, there is strength. There's, there's, my wife and I can look back at our lives and say, yeah, we, we suffered in many different areas through our lives, and we went through the valleys, and we went through the trials, but we now look back and say, wow, that was with purpose. We are much stronger because we had roots that survived it. So we're a stronger unit even as a result. And then suffering comes again. Well, if suffering comes again, it's like, well, it's going to come with a purpose because everything else behind us came with a purpose. So it comes with a purpose. Anchoring into the Word of God will redefine even suffering in your life. The wind will not sweep you away. I went on a hiking trip. Uh, it was actually many years ago, about 15 years ago, but I'll never forget it because I was at a very high elevation. And when I was at a high elevation, I was by myself and I was sleeping in a tent and I heard this whistling of the wind. There's no wind whatsoever, but I heard a whistling of the wind. 
And as I heard this whistling in the wind, all of a sudden my whole tent just, as soon as it hit me, because it got louder and louder, the whole tent just went completely down while I was in the tent. And it started pushing me towards the lake that I was next to. It was extremely powerful. I don't, I don't know what it was, extremely powerful. And it started pushing me. I'm like, this is not good, not good, not good, as I tried to, help, tried to hold it down. I would tell you my feeling inside was uh, 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 not good. So I got out after it left, because it left. I put rocks in my tent, and then it came again. And then it all came down. And as this wind was blowing me, I tell you, I was not feeling <laughs> safe. I was thinking, you know, I'm even wrapped up in this tent. If this tent goes in the water, you know, how am I going to get out of this tent? fast. It doesn't feel good. The wind of suffering, the wind of pain, the wind of the world, you want to be anchored. You want to be stable. That's why God gave us a word. This is the source that is supposed to give you that anchor. Psalms 1, 1 through 2 says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night he is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaves do not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Delights in it, meditates on it, day and night. Now this is David who's writing this verse. And as he's writing this verse, what kind of law is he talking about? He's talking about the Old Testament law. God, please tell me what to do. God, please give me direction of what to do. Because I know you want the best for me. I'll take the law. I'll take the law. Tell me what to do because I know what you want best for me. And if you find out what's best for me, if I find out what you want for me, I found out what is best for me and I'll anchor into it. So what did he do? He found the non-negotiables. He wrote them down. He knows them and he lives by them. The first thing to do if you want to be strong is to connect into something besides yourself. Well, what is there to connect into? The challenge here is connect right into the Word of God, meditate on it day and night, read the non-negotiables, write them down, know them, live by them, and you will be a strong, powerful person and also a person that carries security. The next step, five, to be strong and secure, rooted, don't let your mind entertain non-negotiables that are in the Word entertain non-negotiables. What do you mean by entertain non-negotiables? Um, this weekend was a very busy weekend for me, and on Friday I uh, worked rather late, and uh, so I worked till about eight o'clock in the evening, and then I came home, and when I came home, I just, I took a little cat nap, and I can't take little cat naps, uh, mostly at eight o'clock in the night, because if I take a 10-minute nap, then I'm going to be wide awake for a long time. So I take a little cat nap, and after I take a little cat nap, uh, of course, 9.30, I'm wide awake. 9.30, 10.30, 11.30. My mind is going because it's been a busy week. Now, some of the busyness of my week is, all right, every man in church, go to men's breakfast. That's what I tell everybody. You know, go to men's breakfast. It's going to take place on Saturday. But then I put men's breakfast on top of a whole bunch of other things, and my mind was going, 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 going. And when I was awake, I wasn't thinking about it. And sure enough, I took some NyQuil just to get some sleep. And Come nine o'clock in the morning, I get a text and say, where were you at men's breakfast? It completely slept my mind after I announced it to you and told you guys to be there and even told the staff that they need to be there. And it, just, just, it was just gone. And why? Because I, my mind goes and as your mind goes, 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 things just start layering on top, things start moving and it starts to control you. So what do you mean by don't let your mind entertain 
your mind can be an amazing source of sin. In other words, where we can feed on things that we are not supposed to feed on. I want to look at this passage because he makes mention in it. Psalms 1, we're right at the top now. Blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Walk is the verb that's in that passage. Walk is, means you're just going. So in other words, you're not doing anything wrong. I'm not doing anything wrong at all. I'm just, just walking. Counsel, what does it mean? It means advice and guidance. And then if you look at walk of the wicked, it doesn't say with the wicked. It says of the wicked. So by saying exactly what this verse means, the verse means that you're just going, taking advice from the wicked. Not people next to you, but the wicked, of the wicked inside of your mind. It's, it's your mind that is going. This is what this verse is explaining. Don't let your mind go. You want to be a strong person? You've got to control your mind. The mind is where it all starts. Sin in your mind, lust with your mind, hate with your mind, slander in your mind, fall in love with somebody besides your mate in your mind. What happens is this is where the first seeds of sin start to come, and this is where the first seeds of weakness start to come. Number two, to be strong and secure, rooted, don't flirt with non-negotiables. This verse is getting very specific with us. Psalms 1, again, says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. He's just walking and thinking and receiving counsel. Walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand. All of a sudden it gives us another word. You're not walking anymore. You're standing. In other words, what is stand? Stand is you are going to have, start your journey towards something. It's like, I'm thinking, but now I'm going to stop and I'm going to look and what happens when you look and you stand? You're contemplating the journey towards something. It's testing the waters. It's toying around. It's playing with temptation. But then continue to look at the, the system on how we fall into weakness. Seven, to be strong and secure, rooted, don't embrace non-negotiables. You see the system on how it goes. Blessed is the man who does not walk which would be think in the counsel of the wicked, which would be flirt in the way of sinners, or now you're just sitting on it. You've just embraced it. See, to be strong, to be somebody that is foundational, to be somebody that is secure, you meditate on the law of the Lord. But as you're meditating on the law of the Lord, you have an enemy that wants you to get away from it. It's interesting to see his strategy on how he gets away from it. Just think about it. Nobody knows what you're thinking. Nobody knows what's going on in your mind. It's all right to feed on things in your mind. But as we feed on things, then we start to stop and stand, which is called flirt. And then all of a sudden, we fall and we sit. And the non-negotiables that you put in place are all of a sudden swept away and you're no longer rooted with your non-negotiables, and with the Word of God. Number eight, the world that surrounds you needs you to be strong and secure so they can feed off of your fruit. And one thing about fruit is you never see a tree eat its own fruit. The reason why God has said, you, I don't want you to anchor in anything into yourself at all. I want you to anchor into something else. I want you to anchor into the Word is not for you. 
It's for the people around you. Because if you are anchoring into the Word of God, meditating on the Word of God, setting your roots inside of the Word of God, who's going to eat your fruit? You're actually not going to eat your own fruit. Everybody else is going to eat your fruit. So you see the evil in being a chaff? The evil in being a chaff is, I'm going to step away from anchoring into something else, and I'm going to be an individual. And as you're an individual, fruit will not be produced inside of you. Therefore, the people around you will not be able to feed on it. Psalms 1, he is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaves do not wither. Whatever he does, he prospers. It's not prospering for yourself. What you're doing, you're anchored into something. So others around will prosper inside. So I have a tree here that I want to show. The fruit that is given on the tree that you produce is literally for the world around you. And the world around you needs you to be strong. Children inside of a family need you to be strong. And as your children hear a word whatsoever, it says, you know, I, I'm getting tired of this marriage or those kind of things. It builds that insecurity. They are desiring you to be strong or it's going to mess them up. Husbands need our wives to be strong. Hus- uh, wives need our husbands to be strong. Employees need our employees to be work. Bosses need our employees to be strong. Our school system needs children walking in school to be strong. The only way you can be strong is to be anchored. That's it. The only way you can be strong is to be anchored in something else that decides your desires. And according to Psalms 1, it's into the root, it's into the Word of God. The most amazing example that you'll ever see in Scripture was Jesus. He was the rock of salvation, a complete rock who obeyed the law totally, committed to nothing but the law, and then died in our stead because we could not complete the law. And what happens? Since he anchored himself into that, we get to eat his fruit. Salvation is ours. The greatest picture in the Bible is Jesus being the rock of salvation, saying, this is what I'm anchored into. You anchor into it for the purpose of strength, for the purpose, even the salvation of others. You anchor into it, because when you do, others will eat your fruit. He is the rock of our salvation. What we're going to do is we're going to take communion. And as we're taking communion, I just want to give you two different challenges. You're walking up to Jesus, you're, or you're walking up to, um, to the elements that are up here. And as you're walking up to the elements, uh, the bread represents his broken body, and the juice represents his spilt blood. Uh, he is anchored into something else, and as a result, salvation is ours, and the broken body and the juice, the blood, is the gift of salvation. So just remind yourself, thank God, thank you that you are anchored into something besides yourself. He could have come off the cross, but he wasn't. Thank you, Jesus, for being anchored inside of something besides yourself. Thank you for being anchored into the law. And then also I just want to encourage you and challenge you that as you thank God for it, pray to God, God, help me to be anchored into something besides myself and let that anchor be you. Extremely powerful if we look at Christ and the cross. Father, we just thank you for, uh, for your law. We thank you for your word. God, we just thank you that you um, did not leave us out here floating. God, we'd be an absolute disaster, an absolute mess, God, if we just moved on our own desires, our own will, our own passions, our own ambitions. 
Thank you for giving us this word, God, that we can anchor into and feed um, from. I just pray, God, that you would empower us, God, to be people that feed from it, not swaying to the right, not swaying to the left, but being centered, God, in your word. Empower us to do so. We love you, God. In Christ's name, amen.